Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today.
God, we have so much to be thankful for. We give you thanks and praise for all that you are doing in our lives. God, continue to move by your spirit and change us and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Welcome, everyone, to Hillside Assembly. You can have a seat for a couple of minutes. My name is Adrian. I'm so glad that you're all here for this worship experience. I'm a little bit out of breath after that one. I hope you're excited, that you're thankful. I got so excited I threw my drumstick partway through that song. You to take with you an annual business meeting. Right? Know who you are? We're so happy that you're here. Today, there is an annual business meeting right after the worship experience, about 10 or 15 minutes after. So we'd love if you'd stay and help us go through some important business. The office will be closed in two days on Tuesday, so you're aware. Sunday, March 3rd, is the Ripon Area Fire Department Chicken Barbecue. Tickets you can buy from Ron Fader for $11. And Friday, March 8th, there is at 7 p.m. a youth group movie night. So, for all teenagers, if you're here, or if you know someone, please invite them and have them talk to either myself or my wife, Hannah. And finally, on Sunday, March 10th, at Vines and Rushes, we're going to be volunteering to help raise funds for Helen's house. And so we hope that you'd mark that in your calendar. And if you're willing, that you would help us raise money for that. We have a special guest now who's going to appear. And right after that, we'll have another video. And then Robbie will take us back into worship. <gasps> Do you know what time it is? It's time for the AG Express Kids Ministry. So at this time, if all the kiddos can get up on their feet and head to the back door with Miss Jackie, we're going to have a great time down in Kids Church. Let's go!
ready to come to God. We've been invited to come. Stand to your feet, and we can come because of His amazing grace. Brings the power so much stronger, the King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you lay down your life, that I would be set free. All that you've done for me Who brings our chaos Back into order Who makes the orphan A son and daughter The king of glory The king of glory Who moves the nation With truth and justice Shines like the This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You lay down your life That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for All that you've done for me Worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Come on, He's worthy. you've done for me all that you've done for me
coming to you and just giving you everything we have.
church, just praise him with your voices. Lift your voice to the Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. we just thank you today to stand in your presence Lord there is no doubt you are in this place today and I believe about to do some very special things in our life as we look in your word we see moments in time where you changed things in ways we could not possibly have imagined Men and women who were just going about their life, like Lydia, just out by the river. And what many would say would be a chance encounter with those who would tell her about Jesus, but there are no chance conversations. It was by divine appointment. I believe today is a divine appointment where your word will speak to us and will change our lives. Lord, we pray today that we do not stand in your way. We pray that our mind would not stand in the way of your heart and what you long to do in this place. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen. 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 You can be seated. Worship team, I thank you so much. Robbie, if you could just stay right there because I just, I believe God's going to do something. I'm not quite sure what it's going to be, but... 
if it comes, we want to just be able to move on it right away today. Uh, I'm glad you're here today. Are you glad that you're here? Man. And what worship was just sweet today, wasn't it? Man, and we're not done yet. We're going to sing a couple more songs before we're all said and done today. Uh, I'm excited for the end of February, beginning of March, because March here at Hillside is Missions Madness Month. March Mission Madness. I love missions, and every week we're going to be doing something uh, totally different to highlight, to talk about the opportunities that we'll have all month long to serve the Lord, to do different things. We're going to highlight BGMC, and if you have never heard of that, that's great. Next week we'll talk to you about that and let you know what that is, how you can participate in BGMC. Uh, one Sunday, we're going to live. We're hopefully going to live stream in one of our missionary partners from overseas uh, to be a part of a service. We've got updates for missions projects like Helen. Talk about that. Easy ways. As simple, uh, you can be a part of that project. You're going to be able to support missions this month in some crazy ways. As simple as going and eating pizza, will support some missionaries. How about that? Because we'll have dinner at Vines and Rushes uh, on a Monday night. Uh, um, so some great things, and it all. Uh, culminates with Easter weekend, uh, which we're going to have some great times. We've got a uh, Good Friday service. Saturday, we've got an outreach to our community, to the families here in Ripon. And of course, Sunday, we'll have Easter service. Uh, so March has got a lot of things to look forward to. Amen? But today, we want to talk about what God wants to talk about. I know we got a lot going on with the business meeting here after service, but the most important thing, the most important thing is that we are obedient to the Lord right now that we're present right now for what God wants to do. I know we've been in the book of Acts. We're going to take a short break for a couple weeks from Acts, and then we will be right back in there, uh, Lord willing. But today, I, I want to just follow up with what we talked about last week uh, and then take us in a little different direction. But last week, we met a lady named Lydia in the Scriptures, and we learned uh, the importance of priorities, right? And the fact that our life will just fill up with stuff automatically. How many of you know that? Like, life just gets crazy. It gets busy. It just fills up. And then what happens is, is if our life is full, there's, there's no room for the priorities to fit within our life. They just, they're going to fall off eventually, right? We can put all of these up here, and there's just, there's just not room. And we talked about the importance of putting priorities first in our life and the things that we want to see and the relationships that we want to see. And, you know, if you're going to say, well, church is a priority, well, we got to put that in first because if, if we don't, then we're not going to show up for service. And if we're going to say, well, you know, a healthy relationship with my spouse is important, well, that's because someone's got to go in there. If we're going to say, all right, well, having a devotional life or, or making sure that I'm healthy physically, emotionally, mentally, um, all these different things that we can put in here as priorities. And then what happens is, as we put our priorities in here, then when life comes along and it begins to fill up our life and crazy things happen and hurts, pains, and accomplishments and, and fun stuff too and all that, it fits. But look, it all fits in there. And so we want to make sure that we, that we do that. But today I want to talk about the most important priority in our life. The most important priority that we could possibly have. And that's the cornerstone. The Bible talks about a cornerstone, a foundation that everything else is built upon. And if you do not have this cornerstone in your life, things will fall apart. For a season, you can get by. 
without a firm foundation, without this cornerstone, there is something hugely missing. So I want to take you to a passage of Scripture this morning in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And for me, this is the scariest passage in the Bible. It's, it's scary. And I think a lot of people uh, that attend church, go to church, even pastors will look at this and they skim over it and they don't really talk about the importance of it. They don't unpack it. And I want to I take just a few moments to unpack this verse. In Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 21, it says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Wow. Wow. What Jesus is actually speaking about people who are committed. These aren't people off the streets. These are, these are people that are committed. They're going to church, they're serving. Look at what it says here. Did we not prophesy in your name? And we've talked about this the last several weeks ago. That, that prophecy is speaking the word of God. They're preaching the word of God to people. They're sharing the good news. They're, they're sharing about the kingdom of heaven. They're investing in the right things. They're, 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 they're seeing amazing things happen. They've got a solid ministry. They say, but, but Jesus, didn't, didn't we drive out demons? Did not we have authority in your name to do this? So, I mean, obviously there are things happening with these people. They're seeing things happen. And then they said, did we not perform miracles in your name? And I, I don't know, but when was the last time you did a miracle for, for the kingdom, for Jesus? These are people plugged in. Committed. They've got verses memorized. They can quote the scriptures. I mean, they have to. Look at what they're doing. They're preaching the word of God. They, they have to know it. And here they are, and they're, they're, they're doing all this, but salvation is not about preaching and teaching. Salvation is not about having spiritual authority. Salvation is not about performing miracles. It's not about morality. I'm sure these people were good people, and this morning you might say, I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I try to do the right things. I try to help people, but that's not what salvation is about. It's not about morality. It's not about behavior modification. It's not about what type of church you go to. It's not, definitely not about a political affiliation. So what is salvation about? And not to say that these things aren't good, but I'm telling you, if you don't have the cornerstone, these things are absolutely meaningless to you. 
They're meaningless. And in, in the weeks ahead, we'll talk about these things. In fact, next week, we'll, God willing, we're, we're, talking about, we're going to talk about some of these things in our life that I just mentioned, and they're good, and, and how God will use them to do things in our life. But if you don't have the cornerstone in your life, all these things fall to the floor. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And the last thing I want is for us to get to what comes after this life and have these words spoken by our Savior. I never knew you away from me. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know the cornerstone. So what is salvation all about? For that, let's turn over to John chapter 3, verse 1. Now there's a famous passage in here that probably almost everybody has heard, John 3, 16. Can anybody quote it for me? Let's put it in context of what's happening here. person named Nicodemus. In John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. See, I think the, think the, the thing that that our community needs to see is the same thing that Jesus' community needed to see when he was living along the world. They need to see the power of God living in people. It draws people in. Here is this teacher who goes, there is no question that God is, is in you, that God is doing something. He had questions. He was looking for answers because he realized this teacher, Jesus, had something that he did not have himself. And so he goes and asks him questions. In verse 3, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. This is a brand new terminology, a brand new phrase. It's the first time that anybody's heard about it. And he, he, there is confusion now with Nicodemus. How can someone be born when they are old? <laughs> Obviously, Nicodemus was old. <laughs> Nicodemus says, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. See, there has to be a natural birth. All of us that are here today, we've experienced a natural birth. We've been born of the water. But there is a second birth that is available. It is a birth in the spirits that happens. You and I did not get to choose whether or not we would be born of water. That's happened. We're here. But you do have the opportunity to be born in the spirit. That is is your choice to make. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. 
You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The winds blow wherever it pleases. You hear its sounds, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know. And we testify of what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man will be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. The, the thing that Jesus is speaking here right at the end, talking about Moses lifting up the, a snake, when the people of God came out of Egypt and were wandering in the wilderness, headed towards the promised land, there was a point in time where the people rebelled against Moses, but bigger issue is they rebelled against God. And in their rebellion, God allowed a, a, a disease to come among the people. And as the people repented, God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to take a snake, put it on a staff, raise it up, and anyone who looks upon it will be healed. It is a pre-telling. It is a symbol of what Jesus would do on the cross. That Jesus came to bring salvation, came to bring healing. And this is where Jesus now turns, flips the script. And he says these words, for that one little word in its original context is basically Jesus saying, because of all of the issues, because there is no God so loved the world that he but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. It doesn't matter how good or how moral or how much behavior modification you have made in your life. We are still sinful before God. It started with Adam and Eve, and I, you can say, well, that's somebody else's fault. The truth is, is if you and I would have been the first people in the garden, we would have done the same thing. It is our nature. We are not clean on our own behalf. We are, every one of us is in need of a Savior. And when it talks about believe here, our, our English language does not do this word believe justice. There is a difference between knowing about Jesus, knowing who Jesus is, and knowing him. I can know the presidential candidates this year or at least a few of them that are running. I know their names. I've seen them on TV, but I don't know them. I don't know them. I have not eaten dinner with them. 
I've not had conversations about them. I don't know them. And I think that's how some people know Jesus. You know about them. You know about Jesus. You know about the stories. But do you know him? Jesus talked about when the shepherd calls the sheep, the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. Do you know his voice? Let me, let me illustrate this for you. You and I cannot live a Christian life on our own. You might think this illustration is silly, but I've got a glove here. This is, this is a good glove. It's got leather. It's a work glove. It's got great material. It's got Velcro on it. It's a good work glove. In fact, it's my favorite glove. This glove has a purpose, right? Would we all agree with that? It has a calling to be a work glove. Work glove. I want you to open up this Bible. Maybe if I preach to it more, it will be able to do. So, all right, we'll just preach more to it. Maybe, maybe it could function if we told the work glove, you know what, you, you, need, to, you, need, you need more Bible studies in your life so that you can function properly. It's, if we did that, would that make it function? No. Discipleship. Okay, so you got to take these, this thumb and this finger, and this is what you need to do. All right, you take that, you open that up. That's how, you, that's how it works, all right? No. The glove needs fellowship. We got, come on. There's some other gloves. It's got fellowship now. It still doesn't do that. Make, committed to be a glove. See, the only way for this glove to ever fill its purpose is for a living hand to be placed in it. And once there's a living hand in it, it can do anything that that living hand allows it to do. I gotta ask you this morning, is the living, breathing God of the universe filling your life? Do you know him? Robbie, if you would just start playing. Do you know his voice? Lazarus was dead three days in the grave. It's so important because even the religious leaders of the time believed you could be believed in resurrection. But they said, no, after at one day it's possible, two days it's still possible, but after three days, there's no way. There's no way for resurrection. Jesus showed up on the scene. Lazarus' sister, if only you had come sooner, there would have been hope. But Jesus walked to the entrance of that grave and he did one thing 
He spoke a simple name, Lazarus. And Lazarus being dead knew the voice of the Savior and was able to respond. And that dead body got up off of that that stone pillar that it was probably laying on and walked out in grave's clothes because the flesh knew the voice of the living Savior. He knew Jesus. So when Jesus called, he was able to respond. I cannot live your salvation for you. I cannot be Jesus for you. Your spouse cannot make a decision for you. Your kids cannot make a decision. Your parents cannot make a decision for you. You are the only one that can make a decision and say, I want to know the Savior. Maybe you've grown up at Hillside your entire life. You're committed. You're serving. You know the scripture. You go to Bible studies. But do you know him? Maybe you came from another church. And maybe this is the first time you've ever heard anything like this. All of us are in the same boat. We need a savior. In a few moments, we're going to take communion. And, and, and I, I was thinking about that all week long, about communion and what, what does it mean? Communion comes from a base word, commune. To be, this is the definition, to be in a profoundly intense and intimate relationship with an interchange of thoughts and feelings. Does that define your relationship with Jesus? I love this church. I love you guys so much. But I love this woman here so much more. She is such a great gift to me, and I try so hard to fail a lot of the time. But even this relationship pales in comparison to the intimacy that I have with Jesus. Just this week, driving from here to home, as I pulled out of the driveway here at church, I could just hear his voice speaking to me. And we had this conversation. By the time I got home, I'm laughing. And there is no doubt in my mind that when I stand before the king, he will say, I know you. But I've got to ask you this morning, if you stood before the king today, Would he say, I know you? Do you want to know him? There is no condemnation in the house of God.
We're going to have you respond in just a moment. I don't care what your age is. I don't care how long you've come to church. I don't care if you're on the leadership team or you're on staff here at this church. This is the most important thing you can do. If you feel that there is any doubt in your life on where you are at with God, if you, if you feel like I, maybe I know him, but I, I know about him, but I don't know him, I want you to respond in this moment because there is no shame. There is no condemnation. There is only celebration in this house today. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Would you do this? Would you just close your eyes for a moment? Not looking at your spouse, not looking at the person that you came to church with. But if you're here this morning and you just say, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him and I want him to know me. Would you stand to your feet right now as a sign to Jesus just to say, I want to know you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Jesus. We're going to pray together, church. Let's just begin to ask him to move in this place. Lord, we come before you, and we say we want to know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is the only thing that matters. And Lord, we pray this morning that, God, you would see us we are in need of a Savior. And Lord, we proclaim that Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If you believe that, would you just say that? You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Son of God. That you came. That you lived. That you died. And that you rose again and you are calling my name and I respond to you here I am save me Jesus we thank you this morning can we just give the Lord just a hand clap this morning morning. Come back. Gratitude. Let's, let's play. Let's sing gratitude together as we get ready to take communion. If you don't have the elements for communion, you'd like to participate in communion. We, we've got those in the, in the back. Ron's right there. Go, go grab an element if you didn't get those. We're going to do that in just a moment, but can we just sing this song of gratitude to the Lord and then we'll, I'll lead you in communion. Robbie, would you lead us this morning? Oh, I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing a song. 
Again and again 
Worship team, you can just stay where you're at. We're going to get ready to take communion. Knowing Jesus is a lifetime journey. Um, there is, just like any relationship, um, my, my relationship with my wife is sweeter today than it ever has been. And that's because we know each other better. We've spent, we spend time with each other. We invest in our relationship. And it's the same thing with Jesus. Um, ten years from today, Lord willing, I'm still alive. I'm going to know him better than I know him today. And if I'm not alive, I will know him better than I know him today. So I want to encourage you not to get discouraged. That today is a, is, a, is a stepping stone. It is the first step and a long step we've got ahead of us. And it's going to be good. And we'll talk about the further steps next week. So you, you don't want to miss it. We've got this really cool illustration um, next week to illustrate this in our life. And I really encourage you to be here. But we're going to take communion and uh, you're welcome to take communion. If you're, if you're not a member of our church, that's fine. If you're here this morning, there's one, one thing that we'd ask. You have a relationship with Jesus. And we've given opportunity for that today. Uh, so what I'd like you to do is if you would take your, your wafer, this is the bread. This symbolizes Jesus' body. I don't think the disciples had any idea at the first communion service when Jesus was talking about his body and his blood that what would happen next in the days ahead. And Jesus' body was, he was broken. His physical body broken. It started before he even I'm not good. Could God love me? How could I have value towards God? He paid the ultimate price for you. There is no higher value than you. How amazing is that? Because his body was broken. Let's just take 30 seconds. 
close our eyes and just, just thank God in your own way that he was willing to be broken for you so that you could be made whole in him. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we, we have a phrase, you know, we say, show up on game day. Lord, you showed up on game day. What an example of endurance you showed us. Lord, you saw us through time itself and said, you are worth the price. Thank you for paying a price we could not pay. Thank you, Lord, for being broken for me so that I could be made whole in you. Let's take the element of the bread together this morning. Let's get ready to take the juice, which symbolizes Christ's blood. Spiritual laws are, are different than earthly laws. And there is a spiritual law that hindered us from being able to have commune, to commune with God. It was this blockage of sin. And up until what Jesus did on the cross, they would, you would go every year or every so often and you would go to the priests and you would offer these different sacrifices for the things that, that you did wrong. I would have been a very poor man uh, in the Old Testament because uh, <laughs> I would have been buying a lot of stuff uh, to sacrifice. But those things were temporary. They were not good enough. But when Jesus died on the cross and his blood was shed, it wiped away every sin in the past and in the future as long as we bring it before God and repent. It's washed away. I was messing with the whiteboard the other day, and you know how you can erase it, but then you still see the black or the color, the, the, there's still that haze. I want to tell you that's not the way it is with Jesus. There is nothing left on the board. It's pure white. When we come and we repent before God, and we, we, we're going to show up in heaven, and we're going to go, Lord, I'm so sorry for this, so sorry for that. You know what he's going to say? I don't remember that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because it is wiped away. Wherever you failed, it's wiped away as long as you bring it before Jesus. Lord, as we come before you today, Lord, we know that we fail. Lord, we don't, it's not that we even try. We just fall down a lot. Lord, we thank you for your grace that you, you shed wherever this last week, 
Lord, we just commit it to you. We say we're sorry for our part in it. We'll do what we can to restore it and make it right. But Lord, we just come before you and say, Lord, would you wipe away my sin? I need your forgiveness in my life. Lord, we thank you that you gave us that. You covered us with what you did on the cross. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, let's take the cup together. Slight, slight change of plan, Robbie. Let's do this. We're going to end our service. I'm going to pray in just a moment. We'll pray over our offering. We're going to, that first song that we did today just feels like the right song. Um, I thank God. We're going to sing this song for Easter. We wanted to introduce it beforehand, but man, does it fit today. Because um, Jesus showed up in this place, amen? Uh, in a moment after this song, Robbie will dismiss you. Um, and for those of you not staying for the business meeting, have an awesome, wonderful afternoon. Those of us staying for the business meeting, we're going to have an awesome, wonderful afternoon. We've cut out the fluff. Um, we're going to get right to business. If you are a guest and you want to stay for the business meeting, you're not a member of Hillside, you're welcome to do so. We would ask you to sit on either side. Members, please sit in the center. Uh, we'll take a quick 10, 15-minute break at the most, but 10-minute break. Let us stretch our legs, use the bathroom, come back. We'll get right into business. Uh, we've got three major things that we've got to tackle, and that's what we're going to do. We're not going to mess around today because uh, I value your time. Let's do this. Let's pray over the offering, and then let's go out of this house praising God. Amen. Lord, we just thank you today for meeting us here. Salvation is the cornerstone. A relationship with you is the cornerstone everything else is built on. Lord, sometimes we get so caught up with so many things, we forget that. And Lord, we need to prioritize our relationship with you. It needs to be the first rock that we put in our life. That we want to know you. We want to hear your voice. We want to commune with you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for those who stood up and declared, I want to know Jesus more this morning. Lord, I pray for our offering this morning that, Lord, you would bless it. Lord, what we give would be invested in the kingdom. We would be able to do more as a church than we ever could possibly imagine for the kingdom of God. And Lord, I pray a blessing over those who give that you would meet their needs in incredible, miraculous ways. Lord, we pray for our business meeting as well. That, God, we do the business of the church. We conduct ourselves in a Christ-like manner. And Lord, we get the job done and we move on because the real business is ministry. The real business is to know you and make you known. That is the best business of the church and the top priority of what we are about. Lord, as we sing this song one last time, may we leave this house with an expression of worship to you. And we thank you for meeting us today. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Robbie, lead us.
a vagabond Investment it is to give you thanks and praise to know that you are changing and transforming our lives now as we transition to the business meeting god let your will continue to be done as we continue to worship you in our business meeting in jesus name amen we'll see you in a few minutes